0: this podcast is produced by unedited in so many jobs you'll get so many knockbacks but don't let that ever knock you just get yourself back up brush it off and to just keep Mm. going because i think that you know knockbacks actually do a lot of the time make you stronger
1: hello and welcome to episode 153 of in the moment with me alex manzi this is a podcast designed to help you find more clarity in your thinking, stillness in your mind, and ultimately experience a greater sense of happiness in your life. And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create a platform to challenge the way you think, to open up your mind, and invite you to live in the moment. And on this week's episode, I am joined by Molly King, who is a singer, model, and presenter for BBC Radio 1. And as part of the Saturdays, Molly had 13 top 10 singles in the UK. Well, when the band went on its break in 2014, Molly found herself a little lost until she was given an opportunity to turn her life and career around. And I first met Molly a couple of years ago while I was still working at BBC Radio 1 and we've had many conversations and many laughs together. So it was great to finally get her on the podcast to share her story and learnings in life because she's always someone who is so full of vibes and full of life and positive energy. So it was great to have this conversation with her. And during this chat, we spoke about living with self-doubt importance of the first 90 minutes of your day what we can learn from children and taking opportunities so the aim of this podcast is to inspire so if you like what you hear in this episode be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love but right now let's jump straight in and hear from molly so yeah tell me then you, you said that you've been having some days of anxiety and stuff how's and like some days you're fine some days you're kind of you know feeling a bit more anxious like how's that been
0: yeah, totally. Well, I'm quite a, an anxious person anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that I've spoken to you about that before. I'm just generally quite anxious. But I think that, especially in lockdown, where you've got a lot more time to sort of think about things and a lot more time almost on your own, you haven't got so many distractions, like, you know, the being able to stay in my pyjamas. Um, but other days I'm finding that I'm really sort of, a bit on edge and feeling a bit worried and a bit nervous and um, worrying about things that I'm finding quite hard to shake off. Whereas normally I think once I leave home and I go out and I see people, I'm so much better when I talk to people and I get distracted. Whereas there's a lot more time with my own thoughts at the moment. Mm. And for me, that's a bit of a scary thing because my mind can go all sorts of places.
1: Yeah, I think we all can. I think that the, the, the funny thing about this situation, like you said, is when you leave the house, it's like you change up your environment. So you forget kind of, you don't forget, but like the things that you've been thinking about and worrying about kind of just pass, right? So naturally, because you've gone into a new space, it's different. But because you're spending the same time inside the four walls, as it were, you're always like, if you walk back into the kitchen, it's like that's where you were having that thought about that thing. And all of a sudden, that thought yes. will come back to you. So what, what have those worries and anxieties been then? What's been the main sort of like feeling with them?
0: Like a real mixture of things, to be honest. I think a lot of it comes from the thought that at the moment... I'm not seeing my family as much as I normally would. And for me, like my family is my safe space. It's where I always go to if I'm feeling worried about something. Um, I just like being with them. I always go over to my sister's houses and my mom's house and my dad's house. But at the moment, because I can't see them, I feel like that big, like, I don't know, like security blanket has been ripped off and it's Mm. kind of like, right, Mol, you're going at this alone, which is, you know, probably what I need to do at this age anyway. But I think that not knowing when I'm next going to be able to see them and my nephews, you know, I just miss everybody. And I think that mm. that's definitely something that like, when I get into bed at night, I think, oh, when am I next going to see my parents? And are they okay? And, you know, I hope that they're not feeling worried because they're each both on their own. So I know that you know. I just want to make sure that they're not bored or lonely. Yeah. So that's definitely a worry. And I think it's just also that feeling of, this is very much like the unknown for all of us. Mm. Nobody knows what's going to be happening. And I'd like to have a little bit of routine sometimes. I think it's quite good for me as a worrier. It's quite nice to know that there is some routine, whereas at the moment it feels like, our routine's just been completely like thrown out the window and it's kind of like, okay, make up your own routine here because you're at home. And yes, we still have like bits of work going on, but pretty much you're on your own and you've got to figure out your own sort of schedule and routine. So it's just, you know, even small things like I've said to myself, I've got to keep getting up early because I think it's easy to sort of not set an alarm. And normally I would set, I don't know, 45 minutes to get dressed and, you know, wash my hair and put my makeup on. But in lockdown, God, you can get away with being (laughs) in your pajamas, not worrying about doing any of that. So there's this sort of temptation to sleep in longer. But I've really found that I'm much better when I set the alarm and I'm up and about by probably 7.30. And just trying to like seize the day rather than moping around. And I think for me, definitely, that's not the right way to do it I need to get up get active have a cup of coffee or have something to eat um take my dog Alfie out for a walk whatever it is just get up and seize the day rather than sort of lounging around having a bit of a slow start you know
1: exactly and I feel I feel like when we first got into this like lockdown situation it was kind of it's new for everyone you know it's like Mm. there's a lot of people who haven't spent a lot of time at home working from home with the kids at home with their families you know or alone or whatever it may be and I feel like the first few days, everyone fell into that trap of like, well, I'm just going to wake up whenever and do whatever. And, you know, but, yeah. and it's fine. It's great to do. But also there is a sense of you do need a sense of regularity in the day because we're, we're creatures of habit. Right. So mm-hmm. we need to know that, OK, today I can do this. I can do that. I can do that you know, I'm going to eat my lunch at one o'clock, I'm going to do my exercise at three, i I'm, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to chat to my friends at six, once I finish my work, or whatever it is, we like that regularity. And I think what's really helped me is, is I'm I'm quite a, I'm quite big on morning routines. And I think we've spoken a lot about this before, in terms of like that first hour, to hour and a half of your day is so important for how you set up the rest of your day. Like if you take that first hour and a half of just like, in your head, you know, like, oh, should I get up? Should I not get up? Or what should I put on? Or I don't know what to have for breakfast. Or and you're just you're just making loads of tiny, tiny, tiny decisions in that first hour and a half of the day. Your day is gonna follow on to be like that for the rest of the day, and you're gonna get you're gonna feel quite lethargic. This is what I feel anyway. But then when I create a routine like what you're saying, like so I get up at about I'm not I'm not up and bright as early as seven thirty, but like eight thirty I've been getting up, and I've been doing like 30, yeah. 30 minutes yoga doing you know, some meditations and reading have some breakfast have a shower it's pretty much the same routine six seven days a week and it's just that first hour and a half of the day and, and then what that allows me to do is then tackle the day with that sense of focus and that sense of clarity and i think that's what we forget is you can you, you actually can set that up in that first part of the day and if you don't that's when you fall into the trap of like oh i'm just gonna lounge around i'll see what's on netflix or you know you fall. i know
0: in- it is that constant battle, isn't it? Even this morning, you know, I'm giving it the big end of get up and out. <laughs> but I, last night, no judgment here, I was watching that Disney film Ratatouille. You know the oh, one yeah. about the rat that can yeah, cook yeah. really well. I mean, Great what film. a movie, first of all. So I started watching that last night and fell asleep to it. And this morning, because I had woken up quite early, I was like, I've got time here for a bit of Ratatouille. I can finish it. I can watch the ending. Yeah. And I thought, Do you know what, Mole? Yes. Yesterday, I felt so low and just lethargic, just really slow, and I don't feel like I really accomplished much. And it's because I started off the day watching this um, Netflix episode on Formula One, very random for me, but um, it just really set my day off at a really slow pace. Mm. And actually, you're saying that you started the day with yoga, and I did that maybe last week. And oh my gosh, it made me feel so like okay, I'm in control of this. I've got up, I've done something that's actually good for me. I've accomplished something by what 10 a.m., and it did make me feel like okay, what am I going to do next in the day? Because otherwise, you can just really mope around, can't you? Yeah,
1: and it becomes it becomes decision fatigue, like what we said, right? And have you? I don't know if you've ever heard that thing of like. it's a a famous video that goes around on like Instagram and Facebook and it's like a a corporal from the army in America or something. And he's doing this whole speech about exactly that setting up your day in the morning. And he says like, the first thing you should do when you wake up is make your bed. The second you get out of bed is you should make it because that, that within the first 30 seconds of your day, you've completed the first task of the day. So you already have a sense of achievement from from your day which means you can then apply that sense of achievement to anything else and it's a bit like what you're saying even even if you just go out for a walk okay you might not it's not necessarily the physical you know relief which it is as well but it's more the mental clarity you get it's, a, mm-hmm. it's about saying actually I have achieved something today and yeah. I, will, I can find little moments like that to keep on achieving something rather than feeling like your days just getting getting away from you and you're just not really getting on with much and you know, at the minute, like every day is melting into one. Like I don't know if it's know. Wednesday or Thursday or Saturday, I'd like
0: <laughs> I know, it's so hard to not have them just like roll over and yeah. you can easily kind of get into a bit of a slump, which is probably what I did yesterday. And before you know it but you're like, hold on a minute, it's eight o'clock here at night and I haven't really done anything. And you just go to bed also feeling like, well, I haven't accomplished anything. Mm. Um, do you have any like routine in the evening or do you stick to the routine in the morning?
1: Um, no, I do. I do. That's a good question actually, because I do have a routine in the evening. It's not as strict. It's not as, um, okay, I'm going to get up and do my yoga and it's more of a winding down if that makes sense it's, it's, it's kind of a routine but in reverse <laughs> so nice. I, I'll, I'll do my work on my laptop and you know do podcast editing and you know if there's some days where at three o'clock I, I just haven't got much to do so I'll go sit in, in the garden and I'm fortunate to have an outdoor space I can go to and read my book mm-hmm. or whatever or you know play with the dog or do something take the dog for a walk but then most days what I've been doing is I've been trying to finish around six seven o'clock um my auntie has been doing an online yoga session with some of her old cronies like my mom and a few of their friends and stuff so nice. if that's going on I'll join in because that, that that to me is like okay I can stop working now if that's happening yeah um, and then I'll have like dinner and stuff and then I've just really to be completely honest in the evenings I've just been playing playstation <laughs> it's like a nice. real yeah it's a real like nice thing because I haven't done that for a very long time and it's a very nice um bit of escapism for a couple of hours like me and my mates we'll jump online and we play together And then I'll I'll try and get off at like half 10, 11. Mm -hmm. And then by by that time, I put my phone in airplane mode because um, I've got a thing of when I wake up in the morning and check my phone and the time, I don't want to see lots of notifications because then straight away I get into that mode of like, oh, I need to reply to people or whatever.
0: Yes.
1: I'm playing in airplane mode for the last hour that I'm awake. I've already not got that attachment to checking it. So when I wake up in the morning, there's no notification. So I do that. And then I'll do some meditation, maybe some reading, just something that's a bit kind of like winding down. It, if I've had a, a day where I've been a bit more active and on my feet, like I'm standing up recording this, I'll maybe do like just some small stretches before I go to bed. Just something that kind of takes me out of you know being attached in the digital world, just brings me into my body, into the space I'm around. And then I get into bed and go sleep, wake up at half eight and then start again. <laughs> what about you? Have you, nice. have you got a little evening routine on the go, or you just fall asleep on the sofa and (laughs) (laughs)
0: And stay there for the night. Um, I never used to, and this is going to sound completely bonkers, which it is, but, you know, I mentioned my nephews earlier. So I've got five nephews, all age five and under. And when I've been at my sister's before lockdown, I've been noticing how my nephews have like this winding down routine. Mm. And, you know, they've got this thing of Obviously, they have their dinner, then they go upstairs, they have their bath. Then my sister has turned off the lights in their bedroom and just put on like really low lighting to kind of signal to them, right, night, night nighttime here. And she's like, then we read a book and then we go into bed. And when you go into the bedroom, all that lighting is really low. And when I was watching her do this routine with the twins who are now two I was like this is actually a really lovely way to go to bed so I actually started doing a similar kind of routine just of I go upstairs maybe at I don't know eight o'clock nine o'clock like way before I'm actually going to get into bed and I turn all the lights off I just put one lamp on so that I know when I go back up at 10 o'clock or whenever I'm going to go to bed, I'm straight away going into that mood of, okay, this is relaxation. Now it's not all the bright lights are on and you know, it's not feeling like, wow, busy. Um, I try and have like a shower. I don't often have a bath, but I try and have a shower and a little bit of a wind down. And I've really made an effort to not go on my phone after a certain time, like you say, because it really just wakes your mind up, especially things like scrolling Instagram. Like for me, that's the worst thing that I can do. So I'm trying to limit to not do that much after like nine o'clock. Sometimes I, I fall into the habit of doing it, but I've definitely tried to switch off from that at nighttime because it just completely wakes me up, and it can make me feel really like, oh gosh, you know, there's so yeah. much going on out there, and I'm not doing anything today. So I've definitely tried to make an effort with that.
1: Yeah, it's important, and I think it's funny that you mentioned the the, the twins there and the kids because it's it is interesting how we treat children with like the way they wake up, the way we feed them the way we you know entertain them, the way we put them to bed it's like and we forget that to do that with ourselves once we're adults because we get caught up in you know all of the other stuff which you know in, in some way quite fortunately we don't have as much of that going on around us right now because we're away from work we're away from all those normal kind of distractions and those sort of you know yeah like distraction pieces and we're kind of more in tune with ourselves like you were saying at the beginning yeah. you're, you're spending more time with yourself and stuff so it's fascinating to look at, at kids that like that because I've got a couple of little cousins and I see the same thing the way you know like one of them is uh, he's just turned one one's five and the other one's seven so they're all at the, you know completely different ages but it's like the one year old it's like he'll be fed, then he'll have like a nap and then he'll wake up and he'll have a bit of a play and then he'll be anxious because he wants more food. and And it's like, that's kind of how I think we should be sometimes, you know? I know. It is a routine in itself, isn't it?
0: It really is, and we do completely like just abandon it as we get older. It's like, okay, we don't need that. But actually, let's look at these like babies because they're living a lovely life. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I might have gone a bit crazy, but uh, it is <laughs> working for me slightly, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And how and how's things uh, work wise as well? How's that? How are you? Are you, are you recording from home, or are you going into the studios to record?
0: So, you know, I normally do like the Friday, Saturday, Sundays um, at Radio 1. If you hadn't guessed from my (laughs) mic, sorry to be a complete dork about this. We love your job, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we get it Moll. you work at Radio 1. So what we're doing, so I do the show with Matt and we would normally obviously both be in the studio together, but we're now rotating it because we can't be in the studio at the same time. So he'll do one weekend being in the studio and I'll be doing it from home basically on this setup
1: Mm. just like a
0: mic and headphones and stuff Um, and then we'll switch it up so I'll be going into the studio and he'll be at home so we're both on every show but one actually home so it's been I think it's been a good way to do it. I definitely miss that kind of buzz and the social of us all being in the studio together. Cause I think that, you know, for a radio show you constantly want ideas and funny stories. And a lot of those just come about from us chatting like during songs and, yeah. you know, just gossiping about, Oh, I was up to this last night and oh, you never guess what I saw last night. and. I definitely miss that side of it, but um, obviously, you know, it's, it's all for the right reasons that we're doing this. So it's, it's taken some getting used to, and even just like, for the first weekend when i was doing it from home i was like god this is great i get more time in bed and i sat in my pajamas doing the radio show and i was like god i'm living the life here i'm on radio one in my pjs still in bed but again i've now this weekend i've made sure that i've got that set up um in like a proper room yeah, in, like yeah. the dining room because otherwise you can feel a bit like you can can tell that you're sort of sat in bed and you're probably not as energetic as you would be when you're sat up at a desk and doing it properly. So yeah, I've changed that setup, but it's, it's all just so much learning, isn't it? At the moment, Because none of us are kind of used to doing this, but I have definitely missed that social of seeing people really, because I'm somebody that definitely feeds off that energy of being around people and being in the studio there completely on my own. Firstly, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm in here completely on my own. There's all these buttons. (laughs) um so you've got that voice in the back of your head like mole you don't know what you're doing you're literally in radio one with all these buttons um but i'm constantly trying to like fight that voice like no molly you do know what you're doing matt's on the other end of the telephone like if you've got any problems producer tom is sat outside but he's still here but definitely those voices of like what are you doing are (laughs) definitely creeping in very loud at the moment yeah i'm trying to keep those at bay
1: well, that's cool though, because it must, it, it, is it quite also kind of bringing you like a sense of confidence when you do when you do finish the show and you're like, oh, wow, like I did yeah. that. Yeah,
0: I think it has. Yeah, and I think that like the first time we did it where I was in the studio and Matt was at home, we had a big like, oh, can you hear that car alarm? No. Oh, good. We had a big um, technical problem with Matt's uh, mic at home. So in the end, we had to say, okay, Matt, just don't, don't worry about kind of talking into the show because the, the mic kept cutting out. So it was like, right, Mol, you're on your own. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I, I'm literally completely on my own. I love chatting to Matt. And I think because there had been no warning about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing like the, the breakfast show on a Friday completely on my own. Yeah. But I, I literally said to myself, right, Moll, you're doing this, so step up to the plate here Um, And I think once I had completed that, I thought, okay, Mo, this is good for your confidence to kind of build that because I'm very much somebody who always kind of second guesses myself and will always have those doubts. And I think that sometimes when you are thrown in the deep end, you sort of have to Mm. have to step up to it. And I think that definitely helped with my confidence, but um, I need to learn to get better at sort of, keeping those voices that say to me, oh gosh, you're going to mess up. I need to get better at like pushing those to the side because they can get loud sometimes. Yeah. But um, I'm hoping that overall this does help with my confidence. With
1: Yes. Yeah. I think, I think what you said there's, it's true though, isn't it? Like just thinking about it for myself as well. When, when, when something happens almost unexpectedly and you have to right then, right there, you have to do it a completely different way that you're not used to. You just kind of get on with it because you're there, you're present, you're in the moment there might be the little worry behind you saying like, Oh, like what's going on. But ultimately you're, I mean, for you specifically, like you've got a job to do. So your job is like to keep the show going. Mm -hmm. And because you're able to do that, it gives you the confidence. But if, if someone had said to you two days before, all right, Molly, you're going to do the Friday show completely by yourself. Yeah. Worrying about it before you'd even stepped into it. So you'd be bringing that worry with you. So sometimes I just feel like when stuff like that happens, it's just the best way to learn. It's like even with the, this this you know podcast situation. It was like, oh, I can't record like face to face anymore. Like, how, mm-hmm. I need to figure out a way to like do it. And I was just did it. Like, just figured out a setup. And I said to a friend, look, can I do like a test recording with you guys? And we just we did a recording. It was like, cool, it's done. Whereas yeah. if I if I was thinking about. The process before like oh well, maybe i should start recording remotely and i can you know i'd, I'd overthink it and i'd be like oh no it's not going to sound as good the quality is not going to be there The you don't have the, the exchange of energy during conversation face to face i'd be worrying about all these things but i'm just getting on with it and it's great you know and it's like for me that doubt always creeps in but i can keep it at bay but for you then what wh- where do you where because you said that you're, you're someone who's who's naturally kind of I mean, you said doubt yourself is the way you put it. Like, where where does that co- where do you think that comes from for you?
0: I don't know. I think that um, where I, I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was uh, ten. Yeah. And I think that when I was in junior school, especially before I had that diagnosis, I think I struggled with why is my reading so far behind my classmates Mm. and I think that probably that um, sort of low self-confidence came in very early and it's probably stuck with me throughout you know where I am now and I think that it's definitely something that I've got to work on and I've definitely spoken to people about you know when the doubts come into my head I need to visualize somebody saying it to me and visualize basically shutting the door on them which is very rude but, you yeah. know they're, they're saying mean things in my head so I've got to shut the door mm-hmm. on them um, so I'm trying to like work on that visual- visualization um, but I think it probably did start from yeah, when I was a lot younger, and I didn't understand why my reading was so far behind. And I think especially in junior school, there's so much kind of reading out loud and um, reading out to the class. Mm. that for me, that was a real, that would keep me up at night worrying about, oh, no, tomorrow, we've got to read out loud. So I think that that's probably where that started and something that I'm always just going to need to work on.
1: There's something interesting you just said about someone telling you about when you do have those, those feelings of self doubt to picture someone saying it to you and like shutting the door on them, which is I find really interesting because a, obviously it's a really easy way to deal with it, but yeah. B I, I approach it the other way. So I always approach it with instead of fighting off the feeling of the self doubt mm-hmm. and shutting the door on it, like you said to me, that just causes more, more friction in yourself because you're constantly pushing away from it and the harder you push away the harder it pushes back and you, you're constantly having this battle of like push and push back push and be pushed back okay yeah
0: Whereas yeah yeah so what do you welcome the voice you yeah, open the so door for I, it
1: i open the door i welcome it into the no, room because
0: the way, the way that,
1: yeah because the way that i see it is like so like the self-doubt isn't separate to me mm-hmm. the, sep- the self-doubt is me it's coming yeah. from me so mm-hmm. it's a part of me so if i try and push that part away i'm pushing a part of myself away that that wants to come back so if i accept it, I like okay it's cool it's fine to have self-doubt like it's absolutely fine it's a normal thing we're human beings like yeah. i've experienced things I've, I've had situations where self-doubt is going to be there so it's fine and then i feel more at ease to to be able to to allow the self-doubt to pass and i can get on with whatever it is i'm trying to do you know and i feel like because I get it like every time I go, go and sit down to record, like, I'm like, geez, like, what are we going to talk about? Like, is this interview going to be good enough? And I just think, oh, it's normal to think about these things. You know, I'm sure, you know, the best athletes in the world before they go and step into a race, like Lewis Hamilton, for example, he'll yeah. be having doubts about something. That yeah, a, yeah. oh, completely. Thing. So if I can accept that into my life, into that moment, it helps me be more at ease with, okay, the self-doubt is a part of me, but it's going to come with some confidence as well.
0: So when you hear those voices that say, really boring and I'm not going to have any questions or whatever, do you go, okay, I hear you, but actually it's going to also be good because of X, Y, Z. Do you sort of like counteract it in that way?
1: Yeah, we're well, not even trying to counteract it. I just I just try and understand that the self-doubt is always going to come with something else. So like, it, it's, I always explain it as, like the, the, the example I always use because it's a really easy one to digest is pleasure and pain. Like if you think about them as two separate things, you're identifying pleasure as pleasure and pain as pain. But actually when you think that without feeling pleasure, you won't know what pain is. And without feeling mm-hmm. pain, you know, won't know what pleasure is. So they actually come together. They're actually part of the same coin. They're two sides of the same coin. Like they both exist because the other one exists. So if I can accept that the self-doubt Exists because it comes with the confidence, then it makes more sense to me. You know,
0: that is true. That is good. That is a good way to think of it. Actually, yeah, I'm I'm just shutting doors on voices in my head. (laughs) Get
1: out of my house. Another
0: (laughs) one. Another one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's 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 your last couple years been like? Because I know we've had conversations before where we've spoken about before you started in in radio, and where you're at in your life. So do you want to talk a bit about that and that feeling you were having before you had the opportunity and then explain, you know, what's happened since then?
0: Yeah, sure. So I, I was in the Saturdays for probably still very much a band, should clarify that, but like, you know, actively working. Still waiting for that reunion, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In the band for about seven years and that was just so busy so so busy like seven days a week rarely rarely got any days off but i loved every single minute and i think that ever since i was about six years old i had dreamt of being in a pop group and singing yeah. and traveling and doing all of that and i think that when it actually happened I, I couldn't believe my luck. I was like, I cannot believe that my dream has come true. This is literally what I've dreamt of and had posters on my wall of since I was really young. And I loved every single minute. And I think that when we made the decision to go on a bit of a break and, you know, not release m- more music, it was quite hard to deal with. And it's almost as though you're having a a breakup from a relationship, you need to go through that period of being sad, accepting that this is sad, that it's, you know, not going to be happening anymore. And I think above all of that, I felt very lonely because I'd been used to having four other girls with me day in, day out. And not only that, but we had like our our dancers with us and we had our sort of glam squad, you know, hair Mm. and makeup. And there was always such a fun group of people around and that had been you know like I said day in day out for a good seven years and suddenly it felt a bit like oh gosh I've got no routine here anymore I'm not seeing the girls every day I don't have the next two years written out in my calendar yeah. and you know what what do I want to do because ever since I've been a you know a toddler almost I've dreamt of being in a pop group so I definitely went through a A good probably good couple of years of feeling very much like you know what do I want to do and what is it that's going to excite me Mm. now and I felt quite low and I did release some solo music which seemed like the natural thing to do because for me music is my number one passion Um, but I didn't really enjoy doing it on my own I didn't have that same like buzz and thrill that I got from doing it with the girls and Again, I just felt very lost and mm. um, somebody said to me, oh, you know, you've been asked to go on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. Would you like to go on that? And my instant reaction was, oh, gosh, I, you know, I'm not a trained dancer. I'm not a good dancer, really. I mean, you know, I can bust a few moves if I'm out <laughs> in a nightclub, but actually routines are beyond me. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, oh, I'm just going to make a fool of myself on, like, national TV. I, I don't know how to tango or to do a Paso Doble <laughs> or anything. But I, I really thought about it for a while and I knew that at that point that probably presenting was what I wanted to go into because I love yeah. chatting to people. I, you know, I can chat for days and I just love people. So I thought if I want to go more along the lines of presenting, then Strictly would be a really fun thing to do. Mm. Forget the fat mole that your moves are yourself into. And also, it nice to have that partnership with somebody. Yeah. And so the minute I started Strictly, I instantly loved that feeling of actually wanting to achieve something with somebody again because that was one of the biggest things I loved being in the band that we had that goal together and we could strive for something together and you know I I got that same thing from being in Strictly knowing that every Saturday night you're gonna have to perform this routine (laughs) that you've only ever heard of on the Monday Um, but just being in it with somebody I loved that feeling so I, I did Strictly and then Straight after Strictly, Radio One said to me that Matt Edmonds, um, who I'd met, I think twice at this point, but a couple of years ago, um, was. And going was that to... through
1: through being in the band? You'd been on the show and stuff, or was it at other? Yes,
0: it was through being in the band that we had met Matt. Um, I think he'd interviewed us maybe twice, okay. um, and they'd said, "Look, Matt's looking for a different co-host to come on to his show." each month for a year and do I want to be the first one to go on and I was like this is a dream of yeah. course like I love radio one i had been on it quite a few times with the girls um but you know when you're talking radio radio one is like the dream so I was like mm. of course I'd literally grab this opportunity and I remember doing the first show with Matt and I was super nervous but I remember calling my mum straight after it and being like I love this feeling of being on radio I love chatting with Matt I love playing all these pop songs. And it was, it was that same buzz that I'd got from being in the band. And I remember saying to mom, God, I want to do this permanently. But obviously, they only want me for four weeks. And um, it just basically turned out that after having done the four weeks at Radio One, they said to me, look, you know, it sounds good with you and Matt together and would you like to come back permanently as a presenter? And I was like, uh, let me think about it. Yeah, I do. So I think I probably said yes quicker than any time in my life. Probably should have played it a bit more cool, but um, straight away like jumped at that chance. And I honestly haven't looked back since. It's been such a fun and really interesting kind of career move for me because there's been so much to learn with like being on the radio and just stuff like controlling the desk or the buttons and mm. it- Doing guests because um, I'd always kind of been on the other side of it where i have yeah. been the one being asked the questions. So it was really interesting to completely be on that other side of it. But um, it's been like a real lifesaver for me because I, I really did feel very lost in that in-between period after the band. So it's definitely given me that new kind of lease of life. And, yeah, I just love it. It's, yeah. it's just been so much fun and I can't really imagine doing anything else now
1: yeah which is which is a bit when you think about it it's a bit strange because five years ago you would have been saying the same thing about being in the band you're like I can't I can't imagine you know this not being the thing like I can't imagine not being an artist a musician or in a band or solo or which whichever part of it it was you know so yeah and I think it's it's again a good reflection on life in terms of like how it's so dynamic and how you have to adapt and how sometimes you know, you have to see opportunities and not, you know, just put yourself in a, in a cave of like, Oh God, like I don't know what's going on where I am. Like I've been there in my life and it's like, you actually end up pushing yourself further back instead of looking at actually what, what are the opportunities? What are the possibilities? And it's great, you know? And I feel like it just, I think it helps people see a different part of you as well. And uh, you specifically, but also just in general, because like, when you like, even when I started the podcast, I think people just saw me as like a social media person or like, uh, yeah. you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Then when I started the, the podcast and started having more kind of introspective conversations and talking about deeper things, I think people just never really saw that side of me, you know, from, from just a close circle of friends or family or whatever, you know, initially. And yeah. I think maybe, you know, did, if you experience a similar thing in terms of like coming from A music and a performance I guess background where it's very much you're you're being judged based on how you look how you sound how you you know it's very much not not completely appearance based but you know what I mean it's very external so different whereas on the radio it's the opposite it's about the internal it's about the personality so have you it it, It was it difficult to kind of take that shift of like actually being being seen from a different light
0: yeah completely it um it was such a change in exactly those ways that you say because i think that being in a band you do have that kind of i guess that protection around you of that you know we're a unit i'm one of five and if Mm. you hate us as a band okay fine like you hate the band it's not as personal
1: yeah there are also pressures that that come with that though
0: Definitely. I mean, completely. I think that, you know, we were all relatively young at the start of the band and people do often want to like tear you down. They might not like your music. They might not like your styling. They might not like, you know, the message that you're giving out. There's, there is a lot of kind of, a lot of pressures in that way. But I think that the thing that's been really different, like you say, with the radio is that, a lot of the time with the band, you know, we're promoting a single. So we're talking about a single or a tour or an album. Whereas with the radio, you are completely opening up. And if somebody doesn't like you, they don't like you for your personality rather than I don't like you because that last single was terrible. So it's, you're coming from a completely different place of where you're, actually a lot more vulnerable. And yeah, if people don't like your personality, they just don't like your personality. <laughs> and you can't really do a lot about it. It's kind of like, okay, well, this is who I am. If you think my jokes suck, then yeah, maybe my jokes do suck. But it's um, it's definitely been a learning experience for me in terms of just having that kind of strength and finding that courage to to open up and be like, okay, I am going to be completely myself here and know that if they don't like me, then they, they don't like the real me. I can't really do much about that. But I think that that's something that I've really had to learn and something that I still deal with now. You know, it's upsetting if somebody tweets and says, you know, I don't like your radio show or something because you think, oh God, okay. They, you know, they don't, like me as a person but actually you're never going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's what my mum's always said to me she's like you're never going to have every single person like you or think yeah I could go to the pub with her and have a good chat that's it's almost close to impossible so you've just got to be yourself and if people like you they like you if they don't like you then cool they'll listen to something else but it's definitely something that I'm trying to kind of grow a thicker skin to because it is a lot more personal with the radio I think because you're completely opening up and I think with the band we had got to the point where in a lot of interviews we were quite good at sort of sort of avoiding bits that we didn't want to Mm, answer if it was about like our personal lives or who we're dating or you know things like that that we didn't necessarily want to get into whereas with the radio it's kind of like right you know, talk about everything, or <laughs> you're not going to make a good radio presenter. So it's something that I'm still learning and, and hoping that I'm improving with. But um, you do feel a lot more vulnerable doing this. I think. Mm.
1: And how how is that feeling of vulnerability? Like, how does it feel to to have that element?
0: It's it is scary, and I would lie if I was going to say, "Oh, you know, I I can just." do it and not think about it I do definitely after the show sometimes I might think oh gosh maybe I shared too much there or (laughs) maybe I have annoyed somebody by saying that or I'm just a massive overthinker so I think that probably people that are more experienced are better at kind of leaving the studio and cracking on with their day whereas I do still think about things a lot Um, but I think that that's just something that's going to take time Mm. and and trying to build up that sort of, I don't know what it is, but build up that strength to, to, to be okay with who I am and you know, that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea.
1: Yeah. And is there also a feeling of like, um, the, the word I'm looking for is escaping me, but like almost like a refreshing feeling as well, that you can be yourself. You can be open as well as the, the worry that comes with people judging you based on who you are, but you're also, being allowed to be who you are.
0: Yeah. And, and encouraged. Such, yeah. that And that's such a nice feeling because, you know, Matt actually, he'll do the show with, is so encouraging with stuff like that. He's like, you just need to be yourself, Mole. Like, don't worry about being somebody else or don't worry about what you're saying. Just be yourself because Matt and I are super close. We're like best friends and I like you. And I'm sure... Lots of the listeners will so just be yourself, and everything will be fine. And it's sometimes I do need that kind of little pep talk every now and then, because I am quite a you know as I said earlier, I do have a lot of self doubt. But um, it is refreshing to just know that okay, I can just be my silly self and talk about nonsense, and um, that's okay, you know.
1: Mm. And it must be it must also feel nice that like you've kind of, especially now actually as well that you've kind of got this responsibility to like cheer other people up you've kind of got a responsibility to you know like well it's waking the nation up on the weekend isn't it essentially but also it's like now like people are probably tuning in a bit more and it's like you're you've almost got a role of like actually our jobs are have now become like can we you know cheer the nation up can we you know bring some kind of positivity some kind of like bubbly like good feelings to people that must be like pretty special as well like when you're 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 sitting in that studio or at home and you're you're knowing that people are listening and joining in and getting involved
0: yeah it's it is such a special feeling and even when we get texts into the show or tweets it's such an it's such a strange feeling and the most amazing feeling to think gosh people are like people listening to us here and people have put us on because Hopefully they think that, you know, it's better to have us on than to not have us on, yeah. which is a really nice feeling. And, you know, we, we do just want to make people smile. And, you know, there's so much going on at the moment that it's hard for us to comprehend a lot of it. But actually we're just there to be like, we're your friends, we're going to talk to you so openly, like we would if it was just Matt and I there, or just you and I there. We are going to let you in on everything that's happening in our lives. We're going to laugh at ourselves, we're going to laugh at each other, and the silly nonsense that's going on. And we just want to make people, like you say, start off their mornings in the right way and just feel a little bit better, because I think that overall there's a lot of like anxiety going around and there's a lot of fear for all sorts of things but actually if we can just make you smile in one way then that is the best feeling you know it might rather than what we're nattering on about but whatever it is just to know that people have tuned in because they think okay this is going to start our morning in a good way Mm. is such a nice feeling and you do really get that sense of community, definitely with the Radio One listeners. You know, they text in jokes or they remind us of silly things we might have said last week that make us feel yeah. like we're all in it together and we're all having a good laugh. And that is such a nice feeling. It's just so nice to know that you know there is that sense of community and that we are all there to just smile. Really. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: so, has it the must be
0: the same with the podcast.
1: Yeah well I was going I was going to say actually it's funny because I was going to ask has the approach to the show changed in the in recent weeks in terms of like trying to bring that element because even kind of the conversations I'm having obviously it's still very much in the theme of you know what the podcast is about but there's more conversations about actually how are you dealing with this situation how are we getting through it what are the positives you're finding what are the learnings so is kind of shaping the conversation around what we're experiencing, so you are you guys like approaching the show with the same mindset of like, okay, what can we bring to the table today to kind of you know talk about this situation or or help people or whatever it may be
0: yeah, definitely it's funny because I think. Normally, like before all of this happened, we are just bringing in like funny stories or things that we've seen. Or, oh, you know, have you heard that Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello are together? Yes, loving it. <laughs> but whereas actually, this whole thing that's going on, it would be weird if we didn't actually reflect on yeah. it because obviously it is at the forefront of everyone's minds. And so for us to not completely sorry for us to completely ignore it and to just carry on like a normal show seems like a really weird thing to do Mm. so we do talk about it and we do talk about how we're feeling and we encourage like the positivity we say you know what's something that's good that's happened to you over the last 24 hours text us in now just nice stories we want to hear like these positive stories but I think that the most honest way to do it is to actually reflect it and to talk about it and with us having the show on the friday morning it's always after we have done the clapping for the nhs on those thursday yeah. evenings which is such a positive feeling yeah. and the first time we did it, i actually cried because i was like to be able to do more than just clap but you know just that overwhelming overwhelming feeling of Gosh, these NHS workers and any key worker, you know, anyone that's out there working, you just feel so grateful for them and so thankful for them. And actually, a lot of the time on the Friday morning, we really reflect that and we like to talk about that because I think that that does give everybody a bit of a boost of like, we're all in this together. We're all feeling the same. And um, yeah, I think that it's like the right thing to do to kind of reflect that on the Friday mornings.
1: Yeah, nice. And it's I'm really enjoying that sense of coming together in those moments, you know, whether it's five people in your street or the whole street or just a couple of people, it's like, it's a nice moment of, yeah, let's come together and let's celebrate these people who are doing such incredible things for not you know th- not for themselves they're doing it for the sake of everyone for the sake of caring yeah. for people for the sake of why they got into those jobs in the in the first place you know and it's really it is a really humbling moment to be honest and it's, it's mm. you know i've been making sure i've been doing it every thursday my mom comes out with her pots and her pans and we're making like the most oh. and we're like, it's really funny so it's, that's it's what really i
0: need to do i need to get the pots and the pans on the go. So at the, the moment pans. i'm like letting out the odd whoop which is pretty lame i need to literally be like banging on the tins and like making a complete racket. That's yeah, it's really funny because
1: we, we gave a, a runner a right shock last week. She just started <laughs> running past the house as we opened the door and started banging the pan. She was like, whoa, <laughs> was so funny. Um,
0: <laughs> so we, good.
1: Just with an eye on time, um, we've got a last couple of questions for you. Yeah. So if we could go back in time and speak to a younger, a younger version of yourself, so say pre-band, What three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing from that moment?
0: Ooh, um, I would say to believe in yourself to, you know, have that, have that courage to, to believe in yourself and know that you are good enough. Um, you know, like we spoke about earlier, everybody has those moments of self doubt, but yeah, believe in yourself. I would say also, Go for your goals. Don't settle. Go for that thing that gives you that excitement in your belly and that passion and that thing that you go to bed dreaming of. Strive for that because somebody else will be, and there's no reason that it shouldn't be you doing mm. that. Um, and the other thing would be to just work really hard at the thing that you want to, the thing that you want to do. Because I think that in so many jobs you'll get so many knockbacks but don't let that ever knock you just get yourself back up brush it off and to just keep Mm. going because I think that you know knockbacks actually do a lot of the time make you stronger so Yeah.
1: yeah and they also I find like if you if you start to see it as like every no or knockback or rejection that you receive is bringing you closer to the yes, to, to the, to, you know, what it is you're looking for, then it's a nice dynamic because you're like, okay, well, that's a no. So that means the yes must be, you know, okay, that's oh, a no. So, way. Yeah, exactly. Cause eventually you'll get there. Right. A hundred percent. And then final question for you, what does happiness mean to you?
0: Ooh, that is a tough question. For me, happiness is being surrounded by my family and just like the simple pleasures just like food good conversation and just having all my family there in the same place um but I think that you know there are so many different ways to be happy and you do have to work on it I think that's something that we can't just accept that you know we're going to wake up and be happy every single day I think that I actually only read that a couple of months ago and it did stick with me because I think, yeah, actually, you, you do have to work for it. You're not naturally going to wake up every morning and feel on top form. Mom. But for me, I'm my happiest, definitely, when I'm just with my family, eating good food, like mum's put a roast on or something and just got everyone in the same place. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that sounds amazing. It's lovely. Um, well, look, Molly, thank you so much for the, doing this and for the time today. It's been really, really fascinating conversation as always um no it's been so really good to it. chat
0: to you thank you so much Me too.
1: um do you want to just before we sign up let people know where they can find you maybe online or when the radio show is to remind people
0: sure yes of course so the radio show that i do on radio one is on oh gosh the times have moved so we're now Saturdays, sundays on 7 till 11 on instagram at molly king molly with an i e
1: So there we have it and I really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Molly King and as I said at the beginning you know Molly is always someone who's so full of positive vibes and good energy so it was amazing to have this conversation with her formally on record anyway because as I said we've had many conversations before but I really love what, what Molly brings to the table and I love the way that she is so true to herself these days and honest about you know what she goes through and her experiences so it's great to kind of hear that story from her and if you liked what you heard then please be sure to leave a review or even better still hit the subscribe button so that you get the latest episodes of the podcast straight to your phone and if you know someone who you think would benefit from hearing this episode then be sure to send them the link or a screenshot because it's important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this i started this podcast to help inspire a positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love and as ever, you can connect with me on Instagram over at I am Alex Manzi. If you wanna hit me up and say hey, if you wanna ask any questions, or even if you wanna tell me what you liked about the episode or what you learned, then that is where you'll find me. Until then, I thank you for listening and I will see you for the next
0: episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.